On today's Winning Cures Everything, Pac-12 meteorites mess again. Coaching news at Florida and UCLA. Florida State talks ACC revenue and more. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Can you believe it? It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. Are you kidding me? You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. A confident young man. A superb athlete. Gary Seegers. Welcome back to Winning Cures Everything, where we talk college football news and rumors all year round. I'm Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Twitter at GaryWCE. And this is the Friday, February 24th edition of the show. It's Season 8, Episode 15. Now, if you're watching on YouTube... Again, you guys know, hit that like button for me. And uh, and whether you're watching or just listening to the podcast, hit that subscribe button so you never miss the latest tales from the college football universe. Make sure that you jump in the comments, uh, leave a nice review on the podcast, all that good stuff. You guys know how this thing works. All right, let's go on and dive right into it. The Pac-12. As if the Pac-12 mess could not get any more weird we now have conflicting reports on potential bidders for the Pac-12 media rights deal. But before we dive into what actually happened with that, let's first hit on everything that's happened since we last spoke about this. Uh, Dennis Dodd over at CBS has been all over the place with it. Uh, first, let's hit on what the Pac-12 is actually selling and why they're having an issue landing a media rights deal. Now, Dodd had an article at CBS Sports titled, What is the Pac-12 Actually Selling?, it says, ratings without USC and UCLA explain league's struggle to land rights deal. And in that article, he quotes Burke Magnus, uh, who is an ESPN exec on the Marshand and Oran podcast. Uh, and Burke said, the amount of time that we spend thinking about market size, it pales in comparison to the amount of time we think about rivalries. In college sports, it's the rivalries. It's the traditions. It's the brands that really aggregate audience. So... The issue that the Pac-12 is running into is the ratings for games not involving USC or UCLA, obviously. Andy Staples had an article at The Athletic back on August 16th of 2021 titled, Why Would the Big Ten Form an Alliance with the ACC and the Pac-12? And he said it's all about TV's 4 million club, which discussed, of course, the now defunct alliance. Uh, but in that article, he states, I asked a trusted source who has been involved with many television contracts what audience qualified as meter moving in this ever splinting, uh, excuse me, ever splintering environment. And that source drew the cut line at 4 million. 4 million viewers. Now, you would think that should not be that hard out west, right? Not with, you know, two schools in the Bay Area, big brands like Washington and Oregon. You know, you've got your two time Pac 12 title winner, Utah, et cetera, right? Uh, well, Dodd went through all of the data from SportsMediaWatch.com and found the top 20 most viewed rivalry games in the Pac-12 over the last two seasons, not involving USC and UCLA, uh, or really the championship game. Now, there was only one game, 
one regular season game that hit 4 million viewers, and that was 2021 Oregon versus Utah. Now, that was a battle of top 10 teams, etc. cetera. Uh, outside of that, here were the rest of the top five. You had number two, Washington versus Oregon in 2022. That did 3.63 million. Oregon versus Oregon State this year did 3.56 million. Stanford versus Cal. That's right, Bay Area, 2021, did 2.74 million. And then Oregon versus Washington in 2021 did 2.63 million. Uh, the Pac-12 championship game between Oregon and Utah back in 2021, uh, that season only hit 4.25 million. Now, both of those games between the Ducks and the Utes were blowouts. Uh, but when you look at it compared to the other championship games, the SEC championship hit 15.28 million. The Big Ten, which was another blowout, Michigan won that one 42 to 3 over Iowa, that hit 11.66 million. And the Big 12 championship game between Baylor and Oklahoma State did 8.02 million. Yes, the Big 12 hit nearly double what the Pac 12 did. Granted, one was a blowout, the other was incredibly close. Uh, but you get the point. So in the last two seasons, there have only been two Pac-12 games that have hit 4 million viewers uh, and only four that have hit over 3 million. One of those included the championship game. And of course, the ones that are not involving UCLA and USC. And this is not good, uh, especially considering the SEC had 13 conference matchups in 2021 alone that broke 4 million viewers. And that doesn't include Texas or Oklahoma or conference championship, etc. We don't have to go through the 2022 SEC, or what the Big Ten numbers look like, you get the picture. This is not a super-valued uh, property that we're talking about with the Pac-12 here. Now, on the Marshan and Oran podcast this week, the duo initially rehashed what Andrew Marshan said back in September. He said, the Pac-12 and ESPN are hundreds of millions of dollars apart. They are not even close. He said, it's going to be interesting where that goes in terms of negotiations and will teams jump? Because when you're that far apart, that means something has to happen. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. I don't have information on this, but something just maybe a little conjecture. Do one of the digital players get involved with the Pac-12? He said Apple, for example, loves to buy everything and then sell subscriptions, and they did that with the MLS. So it turns out Andrew Marshan hit the nail on the head as you know talk quickly spread this week about Apple TV being a big potential partner with the Pac-12. But there's still a lot to talk about with ESPN and Amazon, right? Like, here's what was said on the podcast. Uh, he said, if the Pac-12 is going to get as much as the Big 12, it's going to have to piece things together, which might not even be possible if they're going to do a deal with ESPN and Amazon. I think Fox is basically out. But if they were to do a deal with ESPN and Amazon, they would have to piece that together. I'm not sure that's possible. There's nothing close at the moment from what I understand. And then they go on to say this. He said, the wild card out there is Apple, and I don't know if it's real or not. You know, if they can be a real thing, do you want to be on Apple? And then they talk for a little bit about the potential for, you know, Pac-12 teams to leave the conference, which I'll get into in just a minute. But they continue. Uh, they said, maybe you can get the money from Apple. I don't know about that. I don't really think you want to be on Apple at this point. If you're a college football streamer, I don't think, uh, I don't think you know, but that's what Apple likes to do. They like to take everything in. So again, I'm not saying that they'll end up on Apple, but that's their last saving grace because Amazon, as we have discussed before, is not really interested in tonnage. Put a pin in that one. Uh, and Amazon doesn't think it needs to pay a premium because they're new in the game and, you know, they're Amazon. They're uh, one of the biggest companies in the world, they continued. Uh, Marshan reported this in the New York Post this week, and I'll go on and quote that as well. It said, with ESPN, Amazon Prime Video and Fox Sports lukewarm on the league, 
Apple could end up being the platform for the Pac-12, according to sources. Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov could present Apple as a possibility to his schools soon, according to sources. Whether the universities would be interested in a potential all-streaming deal and whether the terms would end up being good enough to prevent schools from departing to other conferences has yet to be determined. So let's go ahead and dissect this just a little bit, right? He mentioned Amazon not being interested in tonnage. So all of this expansion talk that we've heard over the past week and a half or however long, two weeks, what is the purpose of that? Like, is it just Apple? Did Apple want SMU and San Diego State so there would be more inventory? Possibly. Like, it certainly doesn't sound like it was coming from Amazon, uh, at least according to these reports. Now, I mentioned on the show before that Amazon is really interested in just getting the premier game from the conference every week. Um, I mean, what are you going to do with that? Like, I, I just, I, I don't know if you can put your biggest game on Amazon. Now, before I get to what happened today, let me throw out a hypothetical here. Uh, what if, and just bear with me, I might be insane. What if the corner schools actually leave to join the Big 12? Now, I know Colorado uh, thinks that they're, you know, better academically than the Pac-12. Like, uh, maybe, or excuse me, not the Pac-12, the, uh, the Big 12. Maybe that's what they think. But let's just toss it out there. Arizona, Arizona State, there are people that are eh, interested in what the Big 12 is doing. Utah, maybe. I mean, they could walk in and be uh, the premier team in the conference immediately. Uh, They talked about schools not wanting to be stuck in a six-team Pac-12. But if you're ESPN... Would you hate the idea of having a 16 Pac-12 with Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, Cal, and Stanford? Like, no, you wouldn't necessarily get a conference championship game out of this, but, but those teams could effectively act as independents. So, so take out, let's take out the idea of a Pac-12 conference. Let's let all six teams bring in their own independent value. And let's say it breaks down this way, okay? Uh, $40 million for Oregon and Washington each. And then... I don't know, $25 million for each of the other four. And they all have to sign contracts to agree to play each other over the life of the contract. And then you can have Oregon uh, playing some non-conference games, et cetera. Now, I do understand the Big Ten and the SEC probably going to devalue a little bit of the non-conference schedules that they're going to be, uh, be involved in, et cetera. It, this doesn't guarantee a playoff spot, obviously. That's certainly a concern because if you don't have a conference, you can't be guaranteed a playoff spot. But would ESPN be willing to pay... Let's see, so 40, 40, and then 425, so uh, 180 bucks a year for those six schools to guarantee that they've got a late night window locked up. Like, it's not ideal circumstances necessarily for the schools or even for ESPN, but it is something that could work in the short term before realignment kicks back up in the next few years. Right? So th- that's just a hypothetical. I'm, I'm curious your thoughts. Toss them in the comments there. Uh, so today, Brett McMurphy from the Action Network tweeted out the following. He said, Apple still has not made a formal offer for Pac-12's media rights, but Ion Television has emerged as a potential Pac-12 partner, sources told the Action Network. Ion TV is owned by EW Scripps Company, which has 61 local TV stations nationwide and launched Scripps Sports this year. Now, immediately, and I'll admit this, myself included, went to see what kind of programming is on Ion TV. And today... Friday, they have a Hawaii 5-0 marathon, and the new one, not the old one. And Saturday is all-day Law & Order SVU. Uh, 
After about an hour of that report being out, though, the Athletics' Stuart Mandel tweeted this. He said, Ion Script Sports is not involved in the Pac-12's TV negotiations. A source with direct knowledge of the situation tells the Athletic. I, I don't even know where to go with this. Now, while everyone did make fun of the idea of the Pac-12 being on Ion TV, is it even more sad that they're not even involved in the negotiations? Like, Ion is at least on Spectrum and, and is on YouTube TV, Hulu, etc., right? It's in way more households than the Pac-12 network currently. Like, seriously. Go try and watch the Pac-12 network on an actual TV and not some sketchy, like, illegal stream, right? This Saturday, try and watch uh, Washington State and Cal or Oregon and Oregon State basketball. Like, unless you got one of those new fancy refrigerators that seems to be picking up the network, you're not going to be able to find it. The carriage deals are insane. Nobody's picking up the channel. And they haven't for years. That, that was the issue with Larry Scott, right? And we'll stay away from that. But regardless, it, it's, it's impossible to find the game. So at least if you're on Ion TV, people could at least be able to get the channel that you're playing on. Yeah. Arizona State AD Ray Anderson went on Arizona Sports with Bickley and Marota and expressed that, yes, the schools are frustrated. But, uh, and this is a quote directly from him, uh, from him, excuse me, that the deal may not be the prog- uh, projections originally contemplated, but will be solid enough financial situation to keep this conference together. Okay. Like, that's coming from an AD. The presidents are the ones that sign off on this stuff, but I, I don't know that he can really, truly say that. Like, I think he's just uh, towing the company line right now. Like, I, I don't believe that from Ray Anderson. Uh, but we'll see. Like, the, the truth of the matter is that nobody knows what is going to happen at this point. And that includes everyone inside the conference and all these sports media people. Everyone is trying to get to the bottom of it. And I think it kind of goes to show that even the conference commissioner doesn't know what they're going to do. Like, would Washington State be willing to take $20 million again? Probably yes. Will Oregon and Washington? Absolutely not. No chance. There's a different level of expectation at different schools inside the conference. Like, it's only going to get muddier until we get something concise from the networks or the commissioner. Like, toss in toss in the tweet that the Big 12 put out today. They were highlighting capacity attendance per home basketball games uh, with these statistics coming from the company Stats Perform, and it's almost become a joke. I mean, the Big 12 is feeling, uh, filling excuse me, 75% of their home arenas on average The Big Ten, 66.1%. Big East, 65.3%. The ACC, 63.3%. The SEC, 56.5%. And the Pac-12 for basketball is down at 33.4%. Nothing good is coming out for the Pac-12 right now. Like, it kind of feels like somebody's trying to sabotage the league. Like, and if they're not, it's amazing that this much stuff has come out with no good news. Like, the Pac-12 basketball conference tournament... Uh, starts on March 8th in Las Vegas. I would imagine George Klyovkov is going to have a lot to say when he steps to the podium around that date, but at at this point, I wouldn't be surprised by anything. All right, Winning Cures Everything is brought to you by BetUS. With fast payouts, fantastic customer service, a myriad of options to bet on, and an easy-to-use layout, it's easy to see why it's been America's favorite online sportsbook for nearly 30 years. And right now, you can wager... Of course, with a $50 free play with no deposit required just by signing up using the link in the description. Uh, So go ahead, take advantage of the deal, get signed up over at BetUS. 
where the game begins. All right. Let's go on and write down our times. Florida State AD Michael Offord talked with the Board of Trustees on Friday. Per Matt Baker from the Tampa Bay Times, who did a fantastic job covering this, he's got a great story over at the Tampa Bay Times, so go, go ahead and check that out. Uh, Offord said that Florida State contributes roughly 15% of ACC media rights value, but gets only 7% of the distributions. And of course, you know where he's going with this. We're talking about unequal revenue sharing. Uh, he then stated that if if something's not done, we cannot be $30 million behind every year compared to our peers. And he then stated at the end of the day for Florida State to compete nationally, something has to change going forward. So the Florida State Board of Trustees then asked about a buyout to leave the ACC. The legal counsel said it would be roughly $120 million, to which the BOT asks, of course, uh, basically, if we make up the $30 million uh, that we're behind from our peers, we would break even in roughly four years. And Offord replied, hypothetically. Uh, what he's really saying with the hypothetically there is that, you know, the ACC grant of rights runs through 2036. And a buyout from the ACC, from the conference, that $120 million price tag, won't actually buy them out of the grant of rights. So what good would it do them to find a way to buy their way out of the conference if they don't own their media rights until 2036? Like, what value would they bring to a new conference if they can't get paid for their TV rights to their own home games? Florida State's president, Richard McCullough, then talked about some of the legal challenges facing the NCAA. He said, quote, I think this threatens to take away college football from the fans. He then compared all of this to watching an airplane crash into a train wreck. Now, this is incredibly interesting. We talked about, uh, you know, the, the unequal revenue sharing with the ACC, but we talked about it from the Clemson point of view just last week. Like, there's a lot more to this. There are a lot of schools in the ACC that, that don't invest in football the same way that Clemson, Florida State, and, and Miami do, or just athletics overall. So maybe some of those schools would be okay with this unequal revenue sharing, but I, I kind of doubt it. The only conferences that have agreed to unequal revenue sharing uh, have ended up ultimately breaking up or, or losing their biggest brands anyway. Like this certainly bears watching going forward. Like, but as it sits right now, that that grant of rights appears to be ironclad. If people could find a way out of it right now, they likely would have already done so. I'm curious. I'm very curious what they end up doing with this. All right. On the other side, we got some coaching news along with the Big Ten coach helping clear roads during an ice storm, and uh, and honestly. A whole lot more. Let's check out some things you should know about. Every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, expert game analysis only on the BetUS TV College football channel. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or whatever's your favorite podcast app. And if your app allows it, leave a five-star written review. Visit the Winning Cures Everything web store to get all kinds of football shirts, hats, hoodies, mugs, and more. Visit winningcureseverything.com slash store to see what all we've added. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free.
That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. And now, back to the show. Florida. The Gators lost 30% of their coaching staff to the NFL since we last spoke, including their defensive coordinator, Patrick Toney. Now, Billy Napier was swift in bringing in a new defensive coordinator, hiring Austin Armstrong, who was uh, hired at Alabama recently as linebackers coach. Now, Armstrong, who at 29 years old is now the youngest Power 5 coordinator in the country, he was the defensive coordinator at Southern Miss the last two seasons. He is widely regarded as a fantastic play caller and a, a great defensive mind overall. Uh, per the CBS Sports story on this, uh, they Southern Miss improved from number 60 to number 42 in total defense in Armstrong's first season with the program back in 2021. Uh, Southern Miss jumped from 3-9 and nine to 7-6 and six in Hall's second season, and that was keyed absolutely by Armstrong's defense. They were number 45 in scoring defense. They were number 22 PPA per drive, number 15 in defensive success rate. They were number 31 in takeaways per game. Uh, this wasn't just hiring somebody away uh, from Nick Saban, though. Like, Armstrong was a GA at Louisiana for Napier back in 2017 and 2018. He was an inside linebackers coach for one year under Patrick Tony at Louisiana in 2020 after he spent 2019 as a GA at Georgia. Like, in my opinion, absolutely great hire. Like, I, I would not have been surprised if he had been named Alabama's DC back during that search. Armstrong's defenses were opportunistic, and, and honestly... He knows what he's doing. He may be young, but everybody talks about how how good his mind works or how well his mind works. Let's use actual grammar here, guys. Uh, but, yeah, this is a fantastic hire, I think. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see because, I mean, he was only D.C. for two years at Southern Miss. It's a slightly different level than moving to Florida. But we'll see. I, I think it's a good hire. I think it's a very, very good hire. All right. Uh, oh, oh, hey, quick reminder, if you haven't already, go ahead and hit the like button and, and subscribe to the channel. There's still like 75% of viewers on these videos that are not subscribed. Like you'd be doing me a real solid as I'm, I'm hoping to really build this thing into something big in 2023. Like I'm a one-man show. So your support would mean the absolute world to me. I personally produce, edit, post, etc. Every video, every thumbnail, every podcast, every social media post and all that. So do me that favor, hit that subscribe button, share out the show with your friends. It would mean a lot. And and check out the merch store, which you can now see on YouTube down at the bottom. All right, moving right along here. Uh, LSU star wide receiver Malik Neighbors was arrested on Monday night in New Orleans on Bourbon Street for illegal carrying of a weapon. Now, per ESPN, New Orleans police officers on foot patrol in the French Quarter about 7.30 p.m. Monday noticed an L-shaped object in Neighbors' front pant pocket Police wrote in records filed in Orleans Parish Criminal District Court. Officers asked neighbors whether he had a permit, and when he told them that he didn't, they arrested him. Now, he was scheduled for a bond hearing Mardi Gras Day, uh, but the state refused the charges on the condition that he surrendered the firearm, court records show. After agreeing to the terms, neighbors was released with no bail, according to the records. Like, nobody at LSU or in the Orleans Parish DA office is commenting on this other than uh, there was an LSU spokesperson that admitted that Brian Kelly is aware of the situation, and that the school is gathering information. Like, with what all has gone on in college athletics with guns, I'm curious if anything is going to change or if anything's going to be done regarding team rules or NCAA rules, etc. It It's getting pretty ridiculous, honestly. Like, luckily, nothing happened here, and I, I get the idea of self-defense, but yeesh. Like, th this just seems like like a lot right now. 
And maybe it's just me. All right. UCLA finally hired a new defensive coordinator, DeAnton Lynn, who was the Ravens safeties coach the last two seasons, uh, has only ever coached in the NFL. He played college football at Penn State. He signed as an undrafted free agent with the Jets. Uh, he was then a coaching intern with the Jets in 2014. He was a defensive assistant in Buffalo for his father, Anthony Lynn, in 2015 and 2016, and then was an assistant under his dad with the Chargers in 2017 before he moved to a role with the Texans for three years before joining the Ravens. So no college coaching experience, no recruiting experience other than having been recruited. Uh, Chip Kelly has always been an outside-the-box thinker. This is certainly outside the box. I will be very curious to see how this ends up. Uh, it's a very interesting hire. Very, very interesting hire. Let's see. Cheers to Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh, who uh, helped a police officer clear a downed tree off a road in Ann Arbor during an ice storm a couple of nights ago. The officer was assessing the situation. Uh, he, was, he was a one-man show trying to move that tree by himself when Harbaugh parked his car and walked up to volunteer some help. Uh, the officer's body cam video is, is pretty cool. I shared it out on my Twitter feed, at GaryWCE, if you want to go check it out. Uh, let's see. I think, yeah, it's a short show today. That's going to do it for this edition of Winning Cures Everything. Again, if you haven't already, click the like button for me. Make sure that you are subscribed to the channel. I'm pushing for 10,000 subscribers this year. Uh, make sure and jump in the comments. Like, I want to know your thoughts on all the stuff that we discussed today. Make sure and get signed up over at BetUS. And, of course, subscribe to and review the podcast. As always, if there is something that you want me to talk about on the show, you can hit me up. I'm at GaryWCE on Twitter, or you can email me, Gary at WinningCuresEverything.com. Or, as I mentioned, you can always toss it in the comments or in a podcast review on Apple Podcasts. So I hope you all have wonderful weekends. Until next time, take care of yourself, take care of each other. God bless college football, and hopefully, hopefully, all of your bets cash this weekend. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And make sure to leave a nice five-star review. You can follow Gary on Twitter, at GaryWCE. And the show is at Winning Cures. Be sure to check out the merch in our web store and share the show. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.